Music or Weapon, four monologues from Ukraine. Directed and produced by Dmitro Fedorenko. My name is Katerina Pistova, now aka Burning Woman. I'm a musician from Kiev, Ukraine, originally from Donetsk. I had some difficulties composing new music since the war started, and I hear that a lot from my uh, fellow musicians, from my friends. And I'm really trying to get back to this, uh, you know, to my musical practice. Uh, but I take this baby steps, so it's, it's really slow, but I'm kind of getting back to it. You know, I see what weapons uh, that foreign countries give us, and I see how they like benefit us, how they change uh, the situation. And I think music can't do that, <laughs> Music can't uh, win the war unfortunately but still um, I think it's very important for all the uh, Ukrainian and even not Ukrainian artists to you know speak about it uh, about what's going on because the awareness that people have from you know, from outside Ukraine it's, it's really important that they have the awareness of what is going on because uh, in my experience um, I noticed that uh, the perception of war really differs depending on how far you are physically from it. And so it's very, it's still very important to um, tell people about what's happening, tell them the truth, so that they, that they don't forget it when, you know, just some news just uh, get out from the informational field. And, and so it's important to talk about it. I think actually what everything that we do, like everything that Ukrainians do, no matter what, uh, it's actually it's bringing us uh, closer to win. And if someone is uh, ready to speak up, it's even better. But I don't think that people should be pushed to it. I've seen it like in 2014 and 2015, like when, when the war just started, and many artists have felt obligated to express some political opinions of their own, even and they're not even so like uh, famous or publicly known. But uh, if you like, if you keep silent, um, people start, you know, questioning, you know, what side you're on, or something like that. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's uh, important for an artist to speak up, but I really don't like when uh, when it's pushed, when it's something under pressure, you know. And I think it, the, the more famous the artist is, uh, obviously the more impact, influence on audience he or she has. 
So uh, yeah, it can play a big role making people aware. Basically, my life hasn't changed that much at first glance after the war started. But if you dig a little deeper, uh, yes, everything has changed, including my feeling of uh, being free, you know, of um, being secure, safe. And it's all in the air here, actually. Even though here now uh, seems like uh, a normal place to live, you know, Sometimes it really seems that nothing is going on except for the, for the air raid sirens. But you can feel this tension in the air. And me personally, I've noticed that I lost this ability to picture my future, picture myself in the future, you know, to dream about the future. And it's really frustrating sometimes. It's really frustrating because sometimes everything just loses meaning, sense. I can't say that I am 100% free right now. I feel like I'm under pressure, but I really hope to, that this will end soon and things will get better. Well, yeah, I changed. Uh, I think I, I've changed a lot and I, I think I'm just getting through this transformation still. Um, I had at first, you know, in February, March, we all have this burst of adrenaline. Uh, we all like wanted to kick their asses and <laughs> yeah, we were like so charged with all this anger um, and it really uh, like calm down all the others, other, other feelings of like frustration uh, and security for some time. But then um, it all came back and I had like a full-fledged um, episode of depression uh, and I think uh, a lot of people will um, have some, uh, will feel some psychological uh, impact of this war. So it's, it's quite a difficult time psychologically, but I still hope for the best, surely. <laughs> I think it's, it's very important that we don't lose uh, hope, because once we lose it, well, the Russians going to win. <laughs> now, no, I can say that I'm afraid, because, uh, you know, first of all, it's crazy to what people can adapt actually and you know no one even goes to the shelter now when they when yeah i'm not afraid i'm i'm pretty sure that we will win <laughs> and sure it will it will be not uh, uh um an easy task but people will just gonna live through it and be patient and be supportive of each other and this is what will uh, help us overcome this feeling. I just want to uh, thank to everyone who's supporting Ukraine, actually, because it really matters a lot. And I think we couldn't do that without all the support from the rest of the world. And this is really important uh, that uh, people continue doing this any way they can.
My real name is Gosha Georgi Fodopalski. I'm an artist uh, living in Ukraine since 2006. My artist's name Pyudrit not found. <laughs> This five months uh, it's getting worse for, uh, and worse for me as for me. This five months we have a war, real war, a real massacre. When I see blood and dead bodies every day in uh, news, when my friends goes to the war and uh, some days uh, I got amused about uh, death of my friends. I'm trying to do the best I can uh, to support, of course, uh, my friends uh, on the war, and uh, I'm trying to make art, but it's a really hard time for the art for, uh, as for me, personally for me. Uh, but I still can stop doing some things, like uh, something like uh, to make music or to make visual or to learn something new. In the beginning of the war, of course, the idea to make music disappear completely, immediately. But weeks after, when the uh, danger goes out, you start to uh, realize that actually you can live in this situation with uh, sirens, uh, with uh, every time uh, watching all this news. Uh, and uh, I, I tried to make some music. And uh, the problem was uh, with my studio because the, the studio was in government building and inside was uh, a lot of soldiers. And I uh, can't enter this place uh, and I can't even say where it was uh, like this because it's a uh, secret and so on. Uh, so I just, uh, one day I got all my stuff from the studio at, at my home, home and my building was absolutely empty because all neighbors are gone. <laughs> I was uh, almost alone in, in, the, in the building, so I started to play some music. And uh, it helps when you start to play music. You, for, for this time when you are playing, when you are trying to build something in the sound, uh, you forget about everything that goes on around. And actually, I think uh, it's a uh, good uh, idea to make some music this time. Music uh, can be a weapon. I know some examples when the music is the weapon and uh, actually the music is just a part of, of the media. So uh, the whole media would be its very strong weapon as for me. And of course it's, it's the weapon. For me it's every time both this uh, balance between uh, to be the abstract artist 
of the sense of the sense of something that goes uh, outside uh, the border of uh, of understanding the world and uh, on the other side to be in the social uh, life with uh, all this um, injustice from yeah to work with this injustice in, in the world about uh, crossing the borders of uh, personal freedom uh, and so on I'm free inside and I'm absolutely not free uh, like a social person. No, I mean I'm changing every time, but uh, the board actually doesn't change anything. Maybe I start to be more uh, more radical. I ask myself, is it okay if I will do some things which uh, uh, shows exactly what, what is going on around me. It means that uh, every time I was some kind of an abstract vision of and sound about uh, everything uh, which going on in the world. But now I, I realize that I start to do very stride things, uh, using very stride um, um, you know, points, uh, pointing on some something what, what is going on now? What is going on now? It's hard to think about the future because it, uh, it's all about myself and my situation and what will going on tomorrow with my with me and my family and globally what is going on like ten years forward with the whole world. Sometimes I switch and yes, maybe I think, but it's hard for me to think uh, forward. Uh, actually, I can say that I, now I'm living uh, like today. I'm thinking about what, what is going now, what I will do today. I'm afraid uh, occupation. I don't afraid uh, something like rockets will uh, that can uh, blow my house uh, with me, uh, but I don't want to see this uh, Russian terrorist uh, around in this country. The big fear for me that I don't feel the border against this nation anymore. I need to, to feel it uh, like, you know, like concrete border which they can't cross at all. And uh, I am afraid this assimilation between this, uh, if I can call it a Russian nation, or, so I'm afraid of assimilation with this part of, <laughs> of the world. I'm afraid that uh, we could lost a lot of good people inside our country, inside the Ukrainian people. I mean, lost them not only physically, but also and lost their feeling of being free, real free Ukrainians. I feel now that some people just, you know, lost themselves. I feel like the part of nation just disappear. So my statement, come back.
I'm Vitaly Semenenko, a musician from Kyiv, originally born and raised in Luhansk, which is now occupied by Russians. In this February, Russians uh, well started full-scale war against us. So, and uh, first two days I was shocked and didn't know what to do and so on, like it happened to many of us. But then I started releasing music and uh, two, uh, maybe the first months of war was extremely productive for me. So I released about 10 war tracks. And now this period for me is, sounds like silence maybe. I still feel in this situation when I have to uh, be, be beware of everything, you know, like it's the constant warning state, like constant warning mode. So this is my main now thing to work on as to play for dances, play for people who are really fed up with being scared and who really want to let them go. So this is the scene I'm working with now. Music is weapon. In my case, this so. No, I don't have to choose because for me it's obvious if I'm called to join those forces and so on, of course, uh, I will be happy to. I still never killed human and so on, but now I think that everybody in Ukraine is ready to kill and uh, it would be a really glorious, happy moment to, to make a contribution into this huge process as to help Ukraine win, so I think it won't be a problem at all. There are two types of artists. One of artists are cowards, as it's obvious they keep silent, uh, even though they have so much communications with us, they, they are connected with us and been playing here for many years, every weekend and so on. And now they keep in silent. So this is the covert way of the artist. And uh, I think these people shouldn't be counted on uh, in, in future. And one more way is uh, to be brave, at least as to tell uh, the things which they are, I guess. So for us, it is needed that artists have to speak. So we should use our power because it is like the typical example of soft power. So we should use it. Uh, and bravery is not only taking weapons uh, in case when you need it. It is also speaking, speaking loud and uh, doing it each time it is needed, and now it is needed like 24-7, you know. So this is the way now, uh, like 50% of energy should be spent on creating music, 50% uh, should be spent on uh, telling the world of Ukraine. Uh, in some understanding, I'm absolutely free because I have a passport of the best country in the world. I also choose for doing things, only those things I really like. I don't do things I hate or I suffer from. So I think it deals with happiness. So I can, I can say I'm a happy person now.
I don't know how much time I'm still left here to work in my studio and so on. This is why I'm trying to spend uh, each free moment like to work on my my modular, on my understanding and so on. First of all, uh, I understood that um, I don't have much uh, and they can work with it. Even a laptop and the controller is enough. So the, the war gave me the understanding that I don't need much at all. So one pair of shoes, one pair of jeans, one hoodie, one computer, that's enough. A pair of headphones. <laughs> so, yeah, when we escaped to leave from Kiev, uh, the second day of war, I guess, or the third day, so I had a, a choice what to take with me, and uh, I, I chose less clothes, but more gear. So I took my friend's gear, who left it to me before he, he, he left Ukraine. As he was afraid of looters, he said, maybe, well, maybe if war starts, they will come to my place and steal my synthesizers, take it. <laughs> so I took his synthesizers. Yeah. Well. I'm thinking of our bright future, Cole, because um, if being uh, sad and pessimistic about it, uh, it won't give you possibility to live uh, a good present. So my future is the scene which shapes my present, actually. We can die here at any moment, actually, due to all these rockets. This has become kind of a, some gambling, you know? <laughs> so so no, no fear anymore. There are really many thoughts in my head now and each day. So maybe, maybe the main message is to value little, but uh, in a w good way organized things. So you should choose one weapon, there should be at least one weapon of choice, but it should be known perfectly. My name is Yuri Olivets and I am from Dnipro, Ukraine. It's a real war here in Ukraine. Everyone here trying uh, to um, defend our country in, uh, in the ways uh, that we can. As a musician, I uh, try to collect money uh, for, for our army. If you say about the psychological factor, it's very hard to uh, create something, um, some art now, because um, uh, because uh, all my thoughts was about um, our lives, about my friends, about uh, people who were bombed in cities uh, in Ukraine. Uh, but uh, then um, I understood that uh, I can uh, make something from by myself to help. Uh, my friends who, who to help
help people in Ukraine to fight in this war. Because I think that art now can help us. I don't think I can take a gun and kill people. Uh, I haven't any experience uh, with um, uh, guns, with uh, army, so um, it's hard to me, but I think that with, with my art I can um, support uh, my country much more. So, uh, yes, uh, I'm an artist. Maybe if I can say that um, something like military artist with military art, something like this. I think everyone here in Ukraine now who support uh, our country's art is military artist. Everyone uh, should uh, understand uh, what he can um, do best. Take a weapon or make an art. So I think that uh, weapon and uh, art and music, uh, in my case, are two hands of my um, soul now. So, um, music and weapon. Uh, because uh, I don't think uh, it's uh, something uh, that one is uh, refuge another. So we can do music and we can take um, guns and weapon and uh, go to war. For me, today art uh, can be uh, that thing uh, that uh, can uh, put an eye of any person on uh, uh, various problems. So I think uh, art is a huge uh, weapon, really, in the world now. In the right uh, mouth, in the right hands, in the right mind, uh, art can be a huge weapon. Freedom is a very big uh, I felt freedom till uh, 24th of uh, February. I can't uh, feel free today uh, because of Russia. You know, uh, I um, for these uh, few months, uh, the only changes that I feel is uh, now I can't uh, think uh, um, about philosophy at, uh, a lot. Maybe uh, this is uh, the main changes in my mind now, because I can't um, uh, think about uh, something abstract, about something uh, philosophical. The only thing that I can, uh, I can think now is uh, this work, how to help uh, our people with this, in this world how to cancel Russia, how to uh, end this war. And um, the main change is uh, that my all my mind now is uh, full with this war. And um, the main change maybe is that uh, I became a military artist. I think that we will win. (laughs) 
Music or Weapon, Four Monologues from Ukraine. Featuring Burning Woman, Simonenko, Yujif Not Found, and Igor Yalivet. Directed and produced by Dimitro Fedorenko. Co-produced by Norient and Goethe Institute. You're listening to Time Zones, a project co-produced by Noriant and the Goethe Institute. I'm Peter Kern. I'm a musician and journalist living in Berlin. For this bonus episode on Ukraine, we hear from the producer of the series and an independent media artist from Odessa. Both of them live and work outside the country, and they spoke to me about how that shaped their experience this year and where it might lead next. I'm Dmitro Fedorenko, a Ukrainian artist, and I was asked to make this podcast with another Ukrainian artist about the situation in Ukraine at the moment. In this moment, I thought that this podcast um, will be more emotional than informative because people who are asked, they are in Ukraine and they are in bomb shelters and they are living there. So I thought uh, I want to bring questions which would bring some emotional answers rather than... uh, deep intellectual thinking because also the artists so i'm sure i i knew that their answers will be unknown for me i, I didn't know how who will answer and also i tried to choose uh, artists who i know have a bit different background and maybe some views on life that also was interesting because with abstract questions uh, you have open end I felt that uh, they all wanted to speak. They want to speak and they constantly want to be heard. And this is important for uh, artists and not only for artists in Ukraine, that people um, in Europe or in USA and Canada, that they want to hear Ukrainians. Uh, not just decide for Ukrainians, but exactly to listen what Ukrainians thinking, what Ukrainians, uh, how Ukrainians perceiving this situation. And they, they all really want to talk. My name is Sofia Bulgakova and I'm a media artist, art scientist and activist now based in The Hague in the Netherlands. And I'm from Odessa in Ukraine. I don't live in Ukraine for the last eight years. I moved out when I was actually 16, just after the high school. So I did my education, higher education in Europe. Um, my family moved on 25th of February to Berlin. So my mom and my stepdad, um, they keep me updated a lot and friends who are there. So I, in the beginning, I was following everything from every single source, especially Telegram on all the channels. Specifically, I'm from Odessa, but I grew up in Kiev. So Odessa and Kiev are my two hotspots, which I follow very precisely. And then in the very beginning, it was I followed everything that's happening and having a heart attack every time. Then it went from uh, just major events and then in kind of in the process it went to specifically these two regions so i kind of monitor everything in telegram but i kind of specifically focus on like if everybody's fine everybody's alive everything's okay um for first three months 
I had uh, notifications of every single um, air raid. So all the all the air alarms, um, all everything. I had it on my phone. I had notifications, and then I just couldn't do it anymore. I had to turn it off. So that was a big step. I felt super guilty, but I was like, I have to do it. I cannot do this anymore. Since February, especially first maybe two months of uh, this full-scale invasion, uh, I had almost every second day conversations, which were really not easy. But I learned how to reach. I learned how to control emotions sometimes. I learned how to formulate things uh, because... European, especially Western European people, they are very scary when when you speak out about something very directly. It's also, it comes to Germans, they are direct, but they are really scared of direct communication at the same time. Not only Germans, but many. So it takes time and it takes a lot of energy. It's never easy. Sometimes, but uh, it gets easier with time when I learn. First month was hard because it felt uh, that I was scared that everybody will forget. But then somehow uh, I realized that it's a marathon distance and I have to learn how to save my energy and how to uh, be efficient every day because uh, at, at some point I understood that it will be a long run. When it all started, it was great. It was so much support. Everybody was fired up by it. Art community and I got sent by... Um, Heads of institutions, letter. I'm based in the Netherlands again. Um, Minister of Culture in the Netherlands released a specific letter to everybody, to all the institutions, that they forbid to cooperate and collaborate with Russian institutions. It does not go to Russian individual artists, but it goes to Russian institutions, which is especially government sponsored. And everybody was like, yes, no, we are not going to do it. And still, everybody works with Russian artists which is, I find, problematic. Everybody still somehow finds a way to work with Russian institutions. Nothing changed. For example, there's a Stadelik show right now of Anna Imhoff, which just opened. The work was produced in Moscow in February, before the war. It was commissioned by Garash, which is sponsored by Abramovich, and now it's in Stadelik. It's still even tagged that it's sponsored by them. How can you do this? Why do you do this? Why are you still keeping ties with Russian institutions? Why a lot of organizations still work with Russian artists who directly are sponsored by Russian institutions or the works are commissioned by them? Nothing, nothing much changed. Everybody's still booked to do uh, music gigs or performances together with Russians in the same lineup. Yeah, that happens a lot. Also in the debates and discussions, it's always kind of this two sides talking about it or a lot of happens then um, there's a Ukrainian themed event or Ukrainian themed talk and of course there's somebody from Russia present and nobody's announcing it beforehand it happened a couple of times or my favorite type of Ukrainian based events are the ones where are no Ukrainians they're all European people talking about Ukraine without anybody present that's my favorite type I never had situations when I, uh, during this last nine months, when I converted someone's opinion, um, I, I felt more that in some cases I can add 1%, 5%, uh, change a little bit, 
but I never felt uh, in these hard conversations, I never felt that I won the conversation and that I delivered the message and it was heard completely. I think it's a bigger question how it's going to work long term. Because I don't think anybody can think long term because nobody knows what's going to happen and how long it's going to last. In people, a lot of artists who are in Europe also are very puzzled of how long they're going to have to stay here and how, for how long they will need to adapt to current situation or to current structures of support and when they can come back and actually do something back home. But it's definitely beneficial and important to, to give platform to those people. It's like what you focus on. It's like if you have budget to produce art or commission artists, it's very good to give it to people who actually don't have any access to any other help. And I think it's important to really support all the initiatives which are happening within the country and which are still trying to survive and still do things um, because there's a lot of people who cannot leave, who have no means to leave. Um, and I think it's really important to support them and allocate specific funding or specific programs to support specifically not people who manage to leave but also people who continue doing something for the people and communities within the country uh, and I think that's especially important if we're talking about this kind of difficult winter and we're not sure also now with now with power outages when you're kind of totally disconnected I have a thing where I never made political works. I work a lot with senses and yourself and uh, your psychology, your perceptional psychology and your understanding your environment and your bodies. It was my always my focus and my interest and it kind of seems very pointless right now uh, because, it's, yeah, you can start with yourself and I still believe in this, but it's kind of a very long process and not so reactionary. I do research uh, on Ukrainian paganism and how um, pre-Christian traditions and um, everything surrounds this kind of are the seeds or the starting of Ukrainian identity and culture community and how through oppression it still uh, exists in contemporary Ukrainian culture and how it's important and how we can revive certain aspects using modern technology and revive them uh, to support contemporary community and identity. Uh, so now I'm working on a virtual reality piece, uh, which is a communal ritual based on Ukrainian traditions. And I try to work with a lot of Ukrainian uh, developers for virtual reality and uh, musicians and folklorists and people who do research on the same topic. Um, for the rest, I try to implement uh, all my sign making and protest going into artworks, which is uh, getting... A lot of now, a lot of trolling on lots of social media, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm trying to see how it can be part of the work. But it, um, I think this kind of point of identity and kind of understanding my identity, understanding the how, what can we do to revive this pre-oppression, pre-Russian Empire, pre-Soviet traditions, which uh, specifically surrounds Ukraine and Ukrainian regions. Uh, in particular, how we can revive them and look at them differently right now and why is it so important. And to do it through immersive media, to do it through virtual reality, to do it through embodied things, through uh, performances and through community gatherings. I think uh, Western people, many, many of them still not aware that this is it touches them, their lives much more than they think. And it's kind of not my business because when, when the bad things comes to their houses, and most likely it will, uh, they will be surprised. But it's their problem, so to say. Uh, the prognosis 
uh, are not so shiny for the future of uh, of at least our continent. And it's not only about Ukraine. At least for one second, try to ask someone to wake up and try to... Um, their comfort zone is really fragile. And your comfort zone uh, will may, may disappear within a second. Thanks so much to Sofia and Dimitro for talking to us. For more insights from artists living and working inside Ukraine, you can listen to the rest of this Time Zone series. I'm Peter Kern. I produced this episode in Berlin for series co-producers Norient and the Goethe Institute. Time Zones. Bonus Tom.